Hello and welcome to Owl Pellets, Tips for Ag Teachers podcast. Our goal at Owl Pellets is to help agriculture teachers like you find research-based solutions to the problems you face every day in the middle and high school classroom and as you advise your FFA chapters. Here you will find practical tips for your agriculture classroom and interesting information to incorporate into your teaching. We invite the best agricultural education faculty and researchers from around the country to come and talk with us and share what they have learned. The Owl Pellets crew is Kate Shoulders from the University of Arkansas, Marshall Baker from North Carolina State University, and me, Brian Myers from the University of Florida. For more information on Owl Pellets, please be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And visit our webpage at owlpelletsfrag.wordpress.com. Hello, Owl Pellets. This is Brian and Kate. We are here at Iowa State University at the NACTA conference, uh, North American Colleges and Teachers of Agriculture. Again, professors wearing name tags. We don't. We actually do work. We don't just go to conferences all the time. Um, but we're here. So we're here today with Kelsey Sands, and she's going to tell us about some great work she's been doing. I know a lot of teachers are out there. You guys use the case curriculum, and there's been a lot of research done about that, but you did a really interesting kind of take on it. So tell us about a little bit about what you guys studied. Yeah, so I looked at the undergraduate students' perceptions of the case curriculum, and so these were students who had just come into college, so they were fresh out of high school, and we actually did a focus group to see what their perceptions of teachers utilizing this curriculum was. We wanted to see what they liked, didn't like, um, just kind of getting a feel for what they thought the curriculum was about. And so I guess I can jump into some themes well, if that's what you want. Well, that's great. So I mean, I, I think the interesting piece is we talk a lot about teacher perceptions, what teachers think about the curriculum. This, what you guys did, is looked right at okay these, these are the students that were in the classes and what they what they thought about it so i think that's pretty cool that's really what really i kind of gravitated toward with you, what you did was you know we, we think like once they graduate our program like see you don't let the door hit you right <laughs> <laughs> and like we're going to keep doing our thing so i think that's why oftentimes we focus on teachers because they're the ones that have to do it year after year but that idea of focusing on the students and what they think even after the fact now i think it's interesting also we're just focusing here on those that ended up in college Right. Right. Yeah. So not all students end up in college. So we don't necessarily know what those that didn't go to college, what they thought about case. But this is just just those that are in college somewhere. Right. Now, where is this? Because we have not yet given credit to the institution that I'm assuming <laughs> is funding your research. Yeah. So we did this at Iowa State University. And so um, we actually looked at students who had taken two or more case courses. So they got that wide variety of the different aspects of maybe, you know, that introduction to AFNR and then maybe a plant animal and go down a pathway. So nice. we kind of wanted to get a variety of experiences along with a variety of students. Cool. So what did we find? Give me some so, answers here. Um, some of the most, I don't know, not surprising, but um, good for the curriculum writers is that students thought this was very a student-centered curriculum. They felt it was very much geared towards them and it wasn't that like you see in college you know a lecture of 200 students and then okay here's your test in maybe three weeks hope you study the material good luck um, they found that this actually helped them learn it better just because it was that student center they had those hands-on activities um, and then they also thought that those objectives that are laid out in the um, beginning of a lesson 
that those really guided their learning and when they got to college they felt that they had succeeded better in classes because they knew that those objectives were actually important and yeah. that it guided their learning versus like they're just there and you read them beforehand and hope that they're not actually on the test. <laughs> right. Like, I'm super surprised by that. I don't think I've ever heard of a time before where students actually paid attention to the objectives. I mean, you see them so often in classes where they're there for, in like the teacher puts them on the board in case the administrators do a walkthrough right. or they say them, right? Like today we're gonna learn A, B, by the end of today you'll be able to blah, blah, blah. And like nobody actually focuses on coming back to that. Mm -hmm. So the students brought that up that, yeah, they, that they focused that on that. So, um, when we went into this focus group, we just had very open-ended questions. Like one of the questions was, what do you see as the strengths of the case curriculum? And one of the students said, the objectives. They wow. guided my learning. When I got to college, I knew to look at them and I knew I could do better on an exam if I went through the objective list and studied that before I studied just the material on the test. So they're not just for administrators. No, they're actually useful. Ah, interesting. Well, that's, pretty, that's pretty exciting stuff because if, you know, sometimes if we, if we do just put them on the board for administrators, you know, I've gone into classrooms several different weeks doing a, an observation or something and the same objective was up on the on the right. board from there before, you know, a week before. So that they find that not helpful. But in the case curriculum, they're very specific and to share with the students which is good instructional theory yes. to put them in there and they're actually reading them and finding them to be helpful. That's, that's very, very cool. Yeah, and I, I'm, full disclosure, I can't say that I did a great job of that when I was teaching. We had a board on, that. on the... <laughs> Look, if you tell me not to bang on the table because of the microphones, you're going to have to like not slam me so that I don't want to bang on the table. <laughs> I'm just saying that... It's good to know that, like, I could start doing a better job at this tomorrow. I don't have to have been doing it well. So we're not, like, shaming those that, well, you were shaming me. But yeah. overall, we're not personal. shaming. Yeah, yeah. The overall, we're not shaming <laughs> teachers that haven't done this well because it's tough to do objectives well and when you don't feel that buy-in. So it's yeah. interesting to see that students felt that buy-in when the teachers had that through case. Yes. And actually, what, no, what I think I think other piece, though, is, too, if teachers only think that, that they're for the administrators, we're not going to do them. I mean, we're going we're to right. put something up on the board and be done with it. Yep. Mm -hmm. But now with this, teachers can know that students are actually looking at it and finding it to be helpful. At least this this group, at right. least. You mentioned there's other people, but this group was finding them to be helpful. So yeah. that would you know encourage me to do a little, you know, spend a little more time writing good objectives. Yeah. I agree. And one of the students even said, it was a really good quote. It was like, if you build a house on concrete, everything will stand. But if you build it on sand, everything will fall. Talking about the objectives and how they really guided her learning and helped her eventually get to where she's at now. So excellent, nice. cool. Um, and then something else that they pointed out is that it really allowed the teachers teaching these courses to have that flexibility to teach those key concepts, and then it related it back to recruiting those students and retaining that information because the students realized, you know, they're not just spewing facts at me like this is actually interactive and like the teacher knows what they're talking about. It's not just like, oh yeah, I read this in a book. Like, and now I will read it to you off yeah. the slide, right? And like, you, it gives you that, it gives the teachers the ability to really connect the their life in agriculture to this curriculum. So. Interesting, so case can be expensive. Yes. And it can be time consuming for a teacher and it does so, um, it, I've heard teachers say sometimes that they feel concerned that it takes away some of their creative freedom and what they do in their classes. But this is saying that students are seeing the benefits from this kind of 
proven system yeah. sort of over time. So maybe some of those barriers, I know if those are the things that you're thinking like, well, it's too much time, well, it's too much money, um, this might be something to bring to administrators or to, to take a second look at and say, you know, maybe I should give it a try to put in my classes. And actually, Iowa State just did this past week, um, they just did a pre-service institute for all of their pre-service students. Um, they charged us $100 and then the school picks up the certification fee wherever you decide to go. And so they did it a fast track just due to time. And it was incredible to see how many people, you know, bought, like want this. And I mean, I know some other teachers, they were talking about all the grants you can get to yeah. participate in a case curriculum. And I mean, if since the case curriculum limit um, connects the standards, like the Common Core, you know, the science standards, it connects that all for you. Yeah. And so if you can show administrators like, hey, this is what I'm doing. These are all of the things I'm hitting in my class. I think there'll be that buy-in and it'll be worth the time to go through and have that curriculum in your classroom. Excellent. So the students saw that it was hands-on and they felt like they were actively learning and actually learning something. They found the objectives to be very, very helpful to guide them. What else did you guys come find? We did see that they actually liked the amount of science that was in the curriculum. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Students use the S word? Yeah, they did. <laughs> I was surprised. Um, but they actually thought it was a really good balance. They said if there was any more science, they would have felt, you know, it was like a science class. Right. But they saw the science and they saw how it related back to their science. And it's, again, that relatability. you got to be able to relate that. Okay, you learn this in biology. This is how it's pertinent to agriculture. Yeah. And so they really liked that aspect of being like, oh, you mean I can use this in my everyday life? Like, I can go yeah. Yeah. yeah, but not having, I mean, that is a tough balance. You know, if you're, if you're a teacher that really enjoys and is passionate about integrating that science or highlighting that science in your ag classes, it's a tough balance. Like, where is the tipping point? So it's interesting that the students felt that Case was already doing that for the teacher and setting that at, at the right balance without right. the teacher having to really think about it. Right. So that's pretty neat. Yeah. But. I mean, it also allows your teacher to bounce around and hit, you know, hit those concepts a little bit more like okay they've learned you know a lot about dna they won't you know spend as much time on it if the kids show you know they can put right. together a dna strand um that's one of the actually the labs that we did um you put together a dna strand and you put you know the strand together and you mm -hmm. can make it look like a double helix and you know it gives those kids that hands-on aspect and yeah. really actually gets them to see what a double helix looks like in their own hands versus right. you know on a on a computer screen sure. where you can Google it and see it, right. but it's, yeah. it's a little different. So fantastic. Yeah. Um, so I'm a I'm a critical thing, maybe a bit of a skeptic <laughs> overall. Anything they said they didn't like? Yes. So they said they had a lot of challenge with challenges with the equipment sometimes, but that's with anything, you know. We As we know, issues. I was gonna say we were having issues here with equipment, and so some equipment, you know, and that might be the way it was stored. It might not have okay. worked, you know, based on storage, or it might be old. I don't know. The batteries might have died. Something to that effect. Um, they did think that the um, instructions were a little lengthy, but I, I mean, I've looked through them, and I personally don't think they're lengthy. I just don't think they want to read. The entire that's thing, the difference yeah know? like um, yeah can can this be if this can't be sent in a tweet it's probably too right? long it's too long or you know i can't do it in like three seconds i can't read it it's yep. too long for me but those were the only really things that they complained about was that they thought the instructions were too long but i mean then again you need all of the steps there to do sure. the yeah. lab the activity correctly 
But does it, now I haven't worked with case, um, does it give the teacher the freedom to then say like, okay, students have thought that the instructions were too long, so we're gonna break it up a little differently and have the same steps, but maybe break them up in a bit of a different yeah, way? Yeah, so after you go through a case institute, you get to, you have all of the um, downloads available to you and you can um, modify it to your needs in your class. Right. So case is set up for like a 20 student classroom, but let's say you only have 10. You know, you modify that and you can, um, like we were asking a bunch of questions to our lead teachers. We're like, hey, you know, we're doing this in, you know, 50 minutes and what if we only have a 45 class minute? Can we break this up? Can we modify it? Can we take out something we don't yeah. view as sure. valuable to our kids? It doesn't connect as well. And they're like, oh yeah, this is totally yours. Um, connect it as much as you think you can to your kids and your classroom because that's what we're trying to do is make it applicable and get those kids to really make those real world connections with agriculture and school. I mean, that's what makes them, in my opinion, more motivated to participate and be yeah. a part of their school classroom and be involved. Nice. Excellent. Well, it sounds, sounds great. I mean, there's ways that we can go back and look at those instructions and, you know, either break them up or find other ways or, um, you know, it goes back to liter literacy strategies. Maybe we can just do a better job of helping them understand and read some of that technical um, you know, reading that they have to do for all of yeah. our standards to help get through those particular steps. Um, but again, maybe it's a matter of breaking it up. So let them read some, do something, read something, mm -hmm. do something, yeah. rather than just read the whole thing. Or, or even having the students like change the instructions. You know, if they're not happy with the instructions, maybe have a day or something where yeah. you say like, okay, you're going to take these instructions yeah. and put them in layman's terms, just like agriculturalists do when they're trying to explain GMO right. technology to right. consumers, right? right? You'd work this out for, say, the middle schoolers, right? And then they create like an infographic or something to, I mean, that mm -hmm. helps them kind of comprehend what the instructions are saying without right. them focusing on like, oh, I got to read all this stuff. Right. Or maybe make YouTube videos or whatever else. I'm exactly. thinking my son who just graduated high school basically has taught himself uh, to be a boat mechanic on boat engines and all this kind of stuff by watching YouTube videos. I mean, it's amazing what he knows and able to do. And he's, right. I mean, I, I guess that's where he learned. He didn't learn from me, but <laughs> um, but he, he can not, you know, he's basically torn apart his boat engines and all that kind of stuff and put it back together from them. And so maybe it's a way to, to, to break yeah. it up and do it that way as well. So yeah. excellent stuff, Kelsey. Thank you so much for sharing this with us. This is, this is really exciting stuff. Uh, I know a lot of teachers out there, you all are using the case uh, curriculum even maybe the whole set or you're taking parts and pieces of it. I know a lot of teachers in Florida go through the training and then find ways to, to put pieces into the whole yeah, thing. Arkansas as well. You know, so it varies, varies by state. I know um, Iowa here is a big case state, has been yeah. for a long time to do that. We love it. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and shout out to Mike Ritalik, right? Yeah. He worked on yeah. this with you? Um, Dr. Ritalik and then Dr. Scott Smalley also worked with it. Excellent. Me, Excellent. So. And we, we appreciate them uh, working with you on that and then appreciate them not being here. I was just going to say. <laughs> I was just going to say, we appreciate them allowing you to be the face for this research. Mike and Scott, we love you very much uh, to do that. Kelly, thank you for sharing this with us. Take, take, Y'all take a look at this the study when you're looking at how to, to work with case. But I think it would also work with a lot of the other things that we're doing well. We, you know, The themes you found were very transferable. Have good objectives. Mm -hmm. Have good instructions. Make it hands-on to do that sort of a thing. And so I think that, that's been and really, really great. And make it your own. And Whatever you're own. finding, right. make it your own. Mm -hmm. Yep. Awesome. All right. Thanks, Kelsey. Yeah, thanks, thanks. Thank you, guys. We look forward to the conversation continuing online. Uh, we'll look at the infographic. Uh, we'll see things posted online and keep that conversation going. So, Kelsey, thank you very much. Thank you, guys. Marshall is en route. Yes. Also, he's still on the team. He's just <laughs> en route in his shirt, 
somewhere. Yeah, our brand on, new shirts. Somewhere on his way here, um, but he's not yet made it to Iowa. So wasn't. Oh yeah, one of the airlines were not being helpful for him. Yeah, he'll be here though. He's still on the team. <laughs> he, he does exist. Marshall does exist. He's, he's not our imaginary. He's not friend. imaginary. I don't really know. They say he exists. <laughs> You would not believe how many times we hear that. <laughs> Invest in your potential by enrolling in a graduate program designed with you in mind. Complete your Master of Science in Agricultural Education and Communication in just two years while working, all without ever having to step foot on campus. The University of Florida is leading the way with innovative online courses delivered by award-winning faculty. Apply today to find out why it is truly great to be a Florida Gator. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Owl Pellets. Please visit our webpage for more information on this topic and to learn more about all of our guests. Be sure to follow Owl Pellets on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. It would also be great for you to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. Also, we ask that you please take a moment and comment on our podcast so others can find it as well. So for Kate and Marshall, this is Brian here by the Owl Pellet saying thanks and we look forward to seeing you again on another episode of Owl Pellets, Tips for Ag Teachers.